0: Welcome to So You Want to Move to the Country and Raise Goats. This is a podcast about change. Change is all around us, and sometimes we're ready for it, and sometimes we're not. When it overwhelms us, well, we just want to move to the country and raise goats. This podcast features stories from people who have gone through change. We hope that their insights will help you better understand and deal with the changes in your life. Koenig and along with my co-host Catherine Greiba, we chat with insightful people with interesting change stories. We hope you enjoy our podcast.
1: Our guest today is Cam Broden and many people will know Cam from from his time in, in politics where he was the leader of the NDP party and prior to that he spent nine years in the Legislative Assembly of Saskatchewan with the NDP party.
0: And he came into politics, I guess, as it was sort of a natural, because he had family that was involved in uh, political activity, so went to university and studied uh, international studies, and then did his master's in political science.
1: Mm -hmm. I found that Cam had a really, I thought, healthy approach to politics. What did you think?
0: I think so, too. I've I've always had the impression that politics was a win-or-lose proposition, and yet... From Cam's perspective, it's not about winning or losing, although he recognizes that that's part of politics. It's really about the opportunity to make change. So I found that really refreshing.
1: Yeah, it really was. And when he did talk about losing, because as he describes it, all politicians eventually lose unless you choose to walk away from it on your own. He had a real healthy perspective on that as well. Yes, he
0: did. And then he, you know, the door opened for him on a corporate opportunity, and uh, he jumped in and did that. But he also talked to us about the impact of being in politics on the family because he had a young family at the time. And of course, there's a price to be paid uh, because of the time required in politics.
1: Yeah, there sure is. I really enjoyed our conversation. Let's have a listen. Okay. Today, we're joined by Cam Broughton. And Cam, it's so wonderful to have you. Welcome.
2: Well, thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Peggy. It's it's great to be on your podcast.
0: I'm so glad you you could make it. I'm I'm looking forward to our conversation.
1: Cam, you had it sounds like you had really an interest in in politics from the get go. You were born in Regina. You attended University of Saskatchewan and got a degree in international studies, and then went on to Simon Fraser University and got your master's in political science. And your first job was as a policy analyst with the province of Saskatchewan in the Department of um, Culture, Youth and Recreation. So did you know early on that politics was really an interest of yours, someplace you wanted to to spend your time?
2: Well, I knew it was uh, an interest. Uh, I didn't know when in my career it might be something that I pursue. Uh, but it was certainly on my radar. My my grandfather was actually an MLA in the 60s. So I grew up in a family that was aware of politics. And I guess in my thinking, I, I sort of always viewed it as a as a worthy pursuit. So just like some kids follow you know their parents in a trade or, or as a teacher or uh, whatever or as a business person, I I suppose I was exposed to that. So uh, yeah i grew up, was born in Regina, grew up some in northern saskatchewan my dad was a civil servant so we moved around a bit but i mostly grew up in saskatoon and that's definitely home and i've always been interested in social sciences so my international studies degree was a a well-rounded opportunity to explore that and then uh i also always knew i wanted to get a graduate degree so uh, when it came time to apply for grad school Uh, I chose where to go because of my wife. (laughs) There was no grand academic or career plan to it. Ruth and I had met at that point and uh, I wanted to keep that rolling. So she had gone out to Vancouver to do her music therapy degree. And uh, I applied to SFU and they took me in. And so we we did that. So then following that, uh, I mean, we both knew Saskatchewan was where we wanted to be. Ruth is from a family farm near Swift Current, and my family is is mostly here, and this is where we feel at home and where we wanted to contribute. So uh, we came back here and and got married, and then I started looking for jobs.
0: So Cam, uh, you worked in the in a number of de- different uh, departments initially as a policy analyst. But tell us how what happened how did it, how did you decide to run How did you decide to run in that first election?
2: I got a job as a civil servant in culture, youth, and recreation in in Regina, but we had just been married. My wife was working in Saskatoon, and I was going down during the week to do this job and coming back. And uh, when the time came to renew the contract or or consider things, I knew that if I wanted to stay in that track, it meant being in Regina, and I wanted to be in Saskatoon. And at the same time, I had more of a of a partisan event than than a non-partisan civil servant. And so uh, for that, I, I I thought, well, I know that's a different path than what I'm doing right now. So I uh, chose not to pursue that path as a civil servant, but came to Saskatoon. I actually went tree planting again that summer because I'd done that for uh, eight years in total in northern BC. So I, I did that. So we had a little bit of a cushion while, while we figured things out and came back and the Saskatchewan Medical Association hired me. So I was fortunate to uh, be hired by the Saskatchewan Medical Association, the physicians in the province, and I worked as a health policy manager for them. And at the same time, I was getting more involved in party politics. Eric Klein, uh, I had heard, was not running again in his seat. So I got involved as a normal volunteer, got busy, and when there was time for a nomination contest, I put my name forward and was fortunate to earn that nomination.
1: I'm curious, Cam, so many people talk about when they change careers or get into something new, it's because they've been prompted or or urged or you know, in some way encouraged by somebody else. Did you experience that or was this something that you just always felt you wanted to do?
2: I self-identified. It was something I wanted to it was something (laughs) I wanted to do, something that I wanted to try. And I thought, what better time? To do it, I'm early on in my career, but I have fresh legs and an eagerness and a willingness to do it, and really pour my energy into it. And that's what I did.
1: Wow, good for you! And you won.
2: Yeah, I was fortunate enough to win the nomination, and then Mm -hmm. uh, so I was elected for the first time in 2007. So that's when the New Democrats went from government into opposition, and I was a a new MLA in uh, in the opposition. But there was a few of us, and. That's a a theme during my time of being elected, but it's an opportunity to really get thrown into the deep end and you just do it. You get exposure to a lot more than if you're uh, a backbencher in a a large government because you have to do a little bit of everything.
1: Cam, you were new experience thrown into into being part of a, a political party and yet you had a young family you were raising and I'm sure lots of travel back and forth to Regina. What was that like? You must have had to make some real changes in your life to keep the ship rolling.
2: Well, when, we, when I entered politics, we were fairly recently married, but we didn't have children yet. So our, our kids happened while I was elected. And so, that yeah, that was an adjustment. But I mean, a, a theme of my marriage until I quit politics was well, and even after politics was me traveling to Regina for a chunk of the week, which I'm not doing now, which I'm very grateful for, because of the additional time at home. But yeah, it's it's being in politics with a young family is a big challenge. So my compliments to everyone who goes after it and does their best to balance it. But it it is difficult. Uh, the the thing about politics, it's it's a it's a calling if you're doing it right, you know, and it's something that uh, isn't a nine to five. You think about it a lot. You're pulled in a lot of directions and you want to do a good job. I think, especially if you're in a, in a leadership role within a a party, of course. So it is tricky. It can be done, but I also know now it has its hardships. And I'm very thankful for the sort of the family setup that we have going now. Yeah.
0: So Cam, you threw your hat in the ring at a time when the fortunes of the, of the party that you were representing was a little shaky, I guess you could say, like the, the party lost quite a few seats. I'm wondering how, how you uh, made the adjustment to keep going, like what motivated you, what gave you the resilience uh, to forge ahead during those times?
2: Well, as a green MLA, I was keen to do to to be in it. I was thrilled to be elected. It's an honor to uh, to be chosen by your neighbors to to uh, go to the legislature. And so, you know, in our Westminster model, requires a good opposition, and it requires, you know, good opposition brings a good government. Hopefully, that's as the theory goes. Mm-hmm. So. There was a role to serve and I was I was happy to do it. I, I found great satisfaction in uh, helping people uh, and championing causes and learning through the process. So, I mean, we, we I, I was elected again in well 2007, of course, was the first election. And then I was re-elected when we stayed in opposition. And that was a, a tough slog as well. But then after that point, the leadership was open and I decided to go after the leadership for the new Democratic Party.
0: So, Cam, what motivated you to do that? Because that's a big change from being a member of the le- of the legislature to being the leader of the party.
2: Well, I think for all politicians, you need to have sort of a a, a couple driving factors. One, you have to have a goal of what you want to accomplish, and that's organized and motivated by one's core values so i cared about fairness i cared about equality i care about extending an opportunity to more people those things stand true today as they did when i ran for the very first time Uh, and you also have to enjoy it if there's no point (laughs) doing something if if you don't enjoy it and so i had those two factors and uh i felt i had uh um a vision for what I wanted to accomplish as a party and in this province. And I put my name forward and, and, uh, was chosen by the the membership to be the leader.
1: How long were you leader of the party, Cam?
2: Three years. So, three years. I, after the, the election loss, and then I became leader and then I took us into 2016, which also was an election loss, but for three years, I was leader of the party and elected about nine.
1: Wow, that's a that's a quite a long stint in politics by anybody's standard, and it must have been very different when you left politics. You after the party suffered defeat, you decided to leave, and it's never easy, you know, suffering defeat in any in any of our experiences. But to do so so publicly couldn't have been easy.
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's an abrupt change, <laughs> but yeah. you know that's the reality of politics. And for most people to get into politics, you know, it ends it ends poorly as often as it ends well for many so <laughs> that's just the nature of of uh, the pursuit um, but it is an abrupt change because you pour so much of yourself into it uh, you care about it uh, your your social and your work spheres are are really meshed um, and so it is a challenging. Uh, adjustment. And so it's one thing to choose that. I mean, some people leave on their own terms after a number of years, and that's great. For others, you know, I was granted early political retirement by the good people of Saskatoon-Westview, and so be it. That's that's what happened, and there can be pain and mourning associated with that, but there's no point dwelling on that. There's a lot of, uh, as I've learned, a lot of great opportunities beyond, and it depends how you how you approach things.
0: So what I'm hearing you say, Cam, is that to go into politics, you better be resilient. You have to be resilient for change. And you and it sounds like you have to be flexible as well, because you're not necessarily going to achieve your dreams. It really depends on, on, on the particular situation. Am I reading that right? Well,
2: there's most... Certainly no guarantees, and I think uh, perseverance is something that's needed in all walks of life, and it's learned through through many uh, different ups and downs that you have, but yeah, you need perseverance in politics, there's no doubt about it. I mean, one thing I learned leaving politics is that, you know, people are actually generally decent to one another <laughs> in, in normal work environments. It's you know, it's a hypercharged <laughs> political bubble where you know things can be so antagonistic so often. You know, whether that's within a, a party or whether that's within the legislature between parties. And so, even in in situations now, you, you sort of you look back and you think, well, I'm in an environment now where there might be disagreement on something, but people are still. Getting along and uh, and interacting in a a constructive way, and that happens in politics too. And I recognize it's an adversarial structure, and it it it, there's a purpose for that. But uh, that that was that was one adjustment. But I, you know, the the question of of uh, sort of success, what is success, um, what what brings happiness? I mean, that really is something that each person needs to sort out. And for me, there's there's different realms or aspects to that. I mean there's the there's the professional material realm, you know what job you have, how much money you're making, that matters. For our quality of life and and what we see as as important, but there's also a a relational realm, you know who loves us and and who do we love? And there's a spiritual realm of how do we come to peace with with the questions of life, the existential questions that we might have. And for me, it, it's necessary to find what sort of balance between those different aspects needs to be there to bring sort of the happiness or the peace that that we want in life. So if, if one is only focused on the professional and the material, you know, the pursuit of power, I guess, if in political terms, yeah, you're not going to be very happy, I think, when that doesn't come to be. <laughs> and so it, it's really about sort of finding that balance uh, in order to have a basis to weather the ups and downs of, of life that inevitably come personally and and professionally. And that's also it's learned behavior or a learned strength as well. You know, it's something that we try to teach into our children. We have four, four daughters now uh, who are four, six, eight and ten they're always two years apart. So I'm either on even or odd, uh, (laughs) odd numbers. And, you know, I think of we're in ski lessons and we do a lot of cross-country skiing as a family with our four-year-old when she falls down, you know, the easiest thing for me to do would be to grab her by the back of her snowsuit, yank her up, but I'm not teaching her how to become a good skier and how to weather the falls. You know, it's, you have to teach her to go on your back, put your skis in the air, roll over to your stomach, get up like a bear. And, it's the same learned behavior that that is needed to weather things that are much worse than than falling down on skis. Actually, tree planting was a huge life and life uh, sort of formative stage for me as well. I did that eight years in the bush, and uh, there's lots of unpleasant days when you're in a tree planting season, and that, that, that's a sort of another just life experience that you you add to the to the mix. And on a personal level, my my wife and I, before we had our four daughters, we had a premature son who was born and lived a short bit, but wasn't old enough to survive. And I mean, when you go through that kind of loss, Mm -hmm. it puts into perspective a political loss. It's not, Mm -hmm. they're they're two different kettles of fish. And so a lot of it you just have to live through, but you can get strength in the moment by looking back at what you've gone through already.
1: I love the way you described those, those, the balance between the three and when you were in politics, Cam, and it was such a high-pressure, fast-moving. Did you find it harder to maintain that balance? And is it easier now that what, that you're out of politics to maintain that balance?
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, when you're in politics, I mean, especially as the leader of a party, yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a big weight on your shoulders, and that's what you, you sign up for. So I'm not complaining about it. But I was more agitated on weekends and evenings and more tied to my phone than I am now, uh, most certainly.
0: So the change, uh, you left politics and wanted to enter into, I guess, a private or, well, I guess a corporate, more of a corporate sector. So what was that change like? Because that's a completely different game than politics, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, post-election, I mean, I wasn't worried about finding work because I have an education, I have skills, I would, I would find something. But I didn't know what it was it was a big question mark. And I mean, you're still mourning what was or what could have been. And I remember having a a chat one day with my wife in the kitchen and she said, we're going to thrive through this. And for me, it was a TSN turning point. It really crystallized in my thinking and in my head that uh, I wasn't necessarily in the doldrums at, at that moment, but or, or mobilized with, with sadness, but it was a, it was sort of a mind shift change that we're going to embrace this. We're going to uh, approach it with an open mind and we're going to do well. And that was a really important point. And I, I think we, we made the choice to be positive about it and to be happy about it. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, I mean, I would encourage people to do that. I mean, it, I mean, a few caveats there, of course, like mental health is a real issue and depression is real. So you can't just choose your way out of it necessarily. And uh, I also have a lot of privilege. I mean, I have connections and people and experience that many people don't. So it's maybe easier for me to just make that choice. But regardless of one's life circumstance, how we approach the day is still ours each day when we wake up. And, you know, even during, during COVID, And I mean, not every day is great during COVID when you're on some sort of lockdown or, and life isn't normal. Yet I find myself still having to make a deliberate choice. You know, today's going to be a good day. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And, and that usually brings better results than sort of just, just uh, slogging through the day.
1: Cam, when you left as leader of the party, did you feel that you needed to allow yourself some decompression time? and some time to transition to whatever that new life was going to be?
2: After the election, uh, I felt like it was important to uh, have a bit of a break because, one, I didn't want to be seen as meddling. I had my try. (laughs) I did my best. uh, And the results were what the results were. Uh, So I didn't want to be seen as interfering in any way with what was going on. And I also wanted to recharge and figure out what was next for, for me and for my family. So uh, there was a, there was a a pause there. And I mean, it's not the same because you're not living and breathing it every day. And um, so I miss a lot of the people and I I've, Deep gratitude for for those that I worked with and those that uh, I have friendships with. I, I still stay in touch with with uh, many and tr- through a coffee or a, or a regular chats or a beer, and I uh, that's that's I appreciate that. But to me, it feel it actually feels longer than five years ago than mm. than what it was than than uh, than what it was.
1: Mm. So Cam. Do you have any insights on change? You have gone through a lot of change, a uh, number of positions and, and going to st- in such a high role in politics and out of politics. And now a very successful career in the corporate world. Lots of change. Any insights you'd like to share?
2: Well, sometimes we choose change and sometimes change chooses us. <laughs> uh, as I think through the process, what's important is to stay true to one's core values and to choose to thrive. And if you do that, uh, the rewards can be unexpected. You know, I, I, a conversation that really stands out for me was with uh, my my second youngest daughter. And it was kind of out of the blue, but I think she was on my lap. We were, uh, I can't remember if we were reading a story or something, but she said to me, you know, Mom used to be my favorite, but now I love you both the same. Aww. And it was an eye-opener. I mean, and, and uh, my younger two even know me more in non-politics than in politics, mm-hmm. but I would not have had the, the relationship that I have with my kids and the, the family atmosphere that we have now uh, in terms of you know sharing duties around the house and everything without the opportunity that I have now. And I don't want to suggest in any way that my job now isn't demanding or has stresses. And, you know, I've, I, I normally travel quite a bit with my job still, and, and I appreciate that. I enjoy those aspects. But the shift from one career path to another has, has brought great rewards. So I look at, look at it in the, sort of that totality of what is success and what, is, what brings happiness. And uh, for me, it's about having a job that brings meaning and allows me to be true to my values uh, it's about having my relationship with my family sound, and it's about sort of in getting time to be out in the great outdoors and and see creation. And if I have those things firing, then I know I'm I'm a happier person, and I think I'm doing more for my community.
0: Well, Cam, this has been a really really interesting conversation. I really I thank you for taking the time, and I'm I'm going back to your analogy about. Um, Learning how to deal with change and maybe with failure, um, about looking, feeling like a bear <laughs> and rolling over and kicking your legs, and then learning, getting you know, standing back up. I think that was really beautiful. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank thank you, you you Cam. And I I love how you look at change and, and choosing to thrive. I think that's such an important message because our days bring what our days bring to us. And sometimes it's how we choose to go through them that makes all the difference. So thank you for sharing that.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for the discussion.
1: If you've learned just one thing about
0: change while listening to this podcast, please subscribe on Apple or Spotify, and share with a friend. This episode recorded via Zoom Audio, Producers Peggy Koenig and Catherine Greiba, Executive Producer Koenig Leadership Advisory, Theme Music La Pompeii, written by Chris Harrington, Music Publisher, Invato Market. For information on this podcast and to purchase some fabulous goat merchandise, please visit www.getyourgoat.ca.